you are listening to the Invitation Church podcast. To learn more about Invitation Church, visit us online at invitation605.com. You can also download our app on iTunes and Google Play by searching for Invitation 605. Awesome. Thanks so much, team. Caleb, it's good to have you back. I know you're not 40 yet, but we're thankful for your life and thankful to celebrate you. Uh, so today we're taking a little bit of a pause on our series through uh, the book of Acts so that we can provide a little bit of a property update on kind of where we're, uh, we're heading as a church. And so if we could kind of rewind to the spring, uh, we had a conversation uh, about property. And we've had this conversation several times as a church. If you have been here from the beginning, this is not something that's new to you. This is something uh, that is familiar, and it's just going to continue to be that way. Uh, And so in the spring, we talked about transitioning from apple tree into a different space, what that was going to entail, and we had a couple sessions where we just got to uh, get some feedback and back and forth on that decision, and ultimately decided it was not the right thing at the right time. Uh, fast forward to like about six weeks ago, I had had several conversations with apple tree you know, hey, how is this working for you? Originally, we had kind of had like a three-year um, lease agreement with them, and they let me know that, hey, we want to stick to that three-year lease, and we're going to be kind of heading in a bit of a, of a different uh, direction. And so it's nothing that they did. It's nothing that we did. We didn't leave a bunch of trash or something, and so uh, we have unpaid rent or, or anything like that. None of that is going on. Um, at all. And so at the same time that that was going on, uh, I've got a, a friend in the city, more than one, you're not surprised. <laughs> at least one friend in the city, don't feel bad for me. Uh, his name's Matt Stiles, and he's somebody that goes, we go way back. So we go all the way back to college, and he pastors a church by the zoo. And we were having a conversation just about how it was going, and he just kind of said off the cuff, uh, he's like, hey, if you'd ever be, you know, interested in, in partnering together, you know, I'd love to, uh, to talk about that with you. And so we kind of, that kind of led into a conversation uh, about kind of what we were up to as a church and what was going on. And after that conversation with Apple Tree, he and I connected again and, and he said, you know, we've got space um, that we would love to be able to share with you and that you could use and, and all that. So those two conversations sort of prompted some conversations with the directional team, our leadership board, and has kind of led us to today. And we're making a big shift as a church. And I know that in the room that everybody has a different relationship with change. In the same way that everyone has a different relationship with, I don't know, your lawn, for example. Some of you in the house today, very close to your lawn, right? Like I've got a neighbor, he's let me tell you this. He's watering his lawn in October in South Dakota. Just because he wants to water his lawn, right? And others of you, 
you sort of neglect your lawn and your lawn feels sad about that. Like, the, like we've got different relationships with all different kinds of things. And for some of us, change is exciting. Change is invigorating. And for others of us, like we get angry when we go to Hy-Vee and they moved the SpaghettiOs to aisle four. Why is the devil moving all of the food in the grocery store? Right? Like, and I just want to like give space for all of that in the room today. Like there's space for an excitement in the room today. And like there's room for anxiety in the room today, for some uncertainty. We're like, oh, I don't know. Because January 1st of 2023, we're shifting from a Sunday morning gathering that has looked like this, felt like this, to a 4.30 in the afternoon gathering with a happy hour connection time to follow. And the heart behind that is so that we can have a church that's connected to one another uh, and a church that has a long-term trajectory. Because I'll tell you this, the best thing about invitation. The best thing about this church is the people. Like, by far. So when someone says, hey, tell me about invitation, I'm like, oh, yeah, let me tell you about Caleb. Let me tell you about Gary. Let me tell you about Adam. Let me tell you about Bill. Let me tell you about Brian. Like, that's what I say. Not, here's where we meet. Let me tell you about our building. It's a daycare. It's awesome. It's going to blow you away. And like I said back in April, I would much rather have a church that has no building, but that has a lot of life, than I would to have a church that has no life, but has a big building. And because if you look all throughout scripture, we're not going to do all the hermeneutical stuff today, but we sure could. About how many thousands of years it took for people to start meeting in buildings. And so January 1st, 2023, 4.30 in the afternoon, Trinity Baptist Church, 2400 West 18th Street. Uh, Pastor Matt tells me you can hear the monkeys from the church sometimes, so... I'm not telling you that to convince you this is the right thing, but that's just a cherry in the deal. Uh, so what I want to do today is kind of talk about what this is going to look like and talk about why. So before, in order to do that, we have to talk about chess. Can we talk about chess? Great. So any chess players in the house? A couple of people? All right. These are the smart people, right? You have to be smart to play chess. That's why most of us play checkers. Like, that expression comes from somewhere. So, uh, there's some pieces on the board. So, if you're going to play chess, you're going to have eight pawns, a couple bishops, a couple knights, a couple rooks. And then you're going to have a king, and you're going to have a queen. And you need to understand, like, how these pieces work together. Like, you've got to understand what the pawn can do, what the rook can do, what the king can do, what the queen can do. It's a big mistake 
to not play chess with all the pieces on the board. It's a big mistake to not understand how they work. Can you go to the next slide for me, please? I want to talk to you about a guy named Alan Hirsch. Uh, Alan Hirsch is a missiologist. He's a guy who writes a lot about churches and about the kingdom. And I could give you 10 of his books if you want. He's amazing. He, in March of 2020, I bumped into something that he wrote. And he was talking about chess. And he was talking about... He got to know a guy who was a really good chess player. And so Alan's like, hey, how do I get really good at chess? Like, if I were to grow in my chess ability, what would I need to do? Next slide. The guy told him, take your queen off the board. Stop playing with your queen. Something's going to happen. What's going to happen is you're going to lose. Because the queen is the most powerful piece on the chessboard. Like, don't talk to me about your eight pawns when you got a queen. Don't talk to me about a bishop or a rook or a knight when you have a queen. But what happens is you lose, but you learn. You learn the power of all of the other pieces on the board. Because you thought, like, oh, it's just a pawn. Like, it's just a bishop, just a rook. Like, don't worry about it, I got a queen. And so not playing chess with your queen helps you understand and embrace the power of all these pieces. And Alan Hirsch talked about what was going on in our world in March of 2020. I don't know if anybody remembers. But what was happening is that a lot of churches... We're not gathering in person because of the COVID-19 pandemic. And his contention is that for a long time, the American church has relied very heavily on the worship gathering to be the queen on the chessboard. That we've sort of said, oh, you want to follow Jesus. Make sure you go to that thing. Like you want to live the Jesus way, that's what you, that's what you need to do. Uh, and what the time of COVID, he says, really revealed is we could do some learning with all of the other things too. And so no one's canceling church today. Don't throw tomatoes, don't run out. But what we are saying is, what would it look like for us to be a group of people that can play with all of the pieces? Like we're not relying on all being in the same room at the same time to connect us, to be the only measure of faithfulness to God in the Jesus way. Because it's possible, I would tell you, to have a full room and to not have faithfulness. In the same way, there could be seven of you here, and we could have faithfulness. And so, this got me thinking. My whiteboard got really annoyed of me in March of 2020 because I just started writing. I texted my friend Rob, and I was like, Rob, I just read this article, and it's blowing my mind. We need to talk about it. 
It's been a really helpful parable for me over the last couple years. And it's led me to really think about, oh, I don't know, everything I've known about church. I mean, that's like something. And it's caused me to go, okay, like what might the Lord be doing in this? And so that's the backdrop to, to all of this today is invitation and I would probably say most churches. Like what gets most of the effort, what gets most of the intention is the weekly gathering. I mean, it's a lot of work. And no, this is not a gripe session that um, you're going to get from your pastor about this, because I love this. One of the great gifts of my life is that every week I get to do some studying, so I get my nerd on a little bit, which is helpful in my personhood. And I get to prayerfully consider, okay, God, like, what do you have for these people? And it's a huge joy. And so I love our gathering. I love getting to see you. I love like getting to talk to the kids and wonder how many donut holes have you had? You're 40 pounds. <laughs> like I love this. And you can know that because I wouldn't do it if I didn't because it's not fair to do something like this if you're not in it. Like if your whole heart's not in it, then don't do it. That's how you can know. My presence is evidence of my love. But we need to kind of think about the time, the energy, the focus that it takes for all of this. And so when I had that conversation with Matt, I was like, man, this, is, this could be a really beautiful thing. Because we could experience, if we made a shift, we could experience some deeper connection. There's a way to be connected to church that's transactional. You know, you have transactional relationships with places in town. Costco, Applebee's, Starbucks, maybe too much, not naming names. But you know, like, you go and you do the thing and then you leave. And I just think it's possible for church to work like that. I think it's possible for it to be something that you attend, not something that you belong to. So we have transactional relationships with all kinds of things. But you also have covenantal relationships in life. And a covenantal relationship, the way that I like to think about it, like you know you're in a covenantal relationship when you say to someone or something, I'm creating space for you in my life. Like, you're not swiping a card, you're not just showing up, you're saying, no, like, I'm making space for you in my life. There's a lot of things that I could do in my life by making space for you. Like, when you say that to another person, that's how you know you're in a covenantal relationship. And so, talked with the directional team, we had a really great conversation about all of this and about all of the possibilities that this would open up for us and so we decided to move forward in doing that. I want to give you a little bit some details on some things. Can you go to that slide? So if you saw the video there is some 
kind of give you a background of what the space looks like. So what we're talking about is us being provided a space to gather, to like do what we've done today. It's good to be in the same room and to sing, to see each other, to open the word of God, and we're going to be able to do all of that stuff. Uh, the gift of that place is that we're not going to, like, the things you're sitting on, like, the setup is going to be a lot different. And that's going to free some people up. It's going to free us, I believe, as a church to think about some other things we could be about. I think it's going to help us with the other pieces on the chessboard, if you will. Instead of relying on this as the thing that, that connects us. And so, um, kitchen space, there's a space for kids. There's going to be a little bit of space for storage. Not like 2,000 square feet, but for some of the stuff that we'd need to store. Classroom space, and after kind of talking with their leadership, kind of said, hey, you let us know, you know what we would need to do from a financial perspective. And they kind of talked about $1,700 a month, uh, which is a little over half of what we pay now. But there's another thing that I'm really excited about. I'm really excited about the opportunity that we would have to partner with this church. Uh, because there are some needs that they have that we could come alongside of them to help them fulfill what they desire to do. So like they have a lawn. And you might guess, oh, I bet it's the same people that like mow the lawn all the time. You're right, it is. And they have ground that needs to be taken care of and stuff that needs to be shoveled. And I bet you're wondering, oh, I wonder if the same people, yeah, you're right, it is the same people. And so there is some cool opportunities, I think, for us to come alongside of Trinity to just experience unity in the kingdom. And so it's not just about having a landlord. Oh yeah, this is like Dave's friend. He's a, Dave's friend is our landlord? Okay. No, like we're gonna be in partnership with these people. And so like, hey, when there's a need, let's talk about it with the community. Like, let's see how we could work together to meet that need. I mean, you could pretty much close your eyes and you could walk around Sioux Falls and it wouldn't take you long to bump into a church. We're talking like probably 200 of them. It's a lot of places. But I've been a pastor in this town for a long time, and I'll tell you what I don't see. I'm not going to get too ranty today. I'm going to get a little bit ranty, not a lot ranty. I see a lot of churches. I don't see a lot of unity. I see a lot of churches. I see a lot of competition. I see a lot of churches. I don't see a lot of churches working together. And I think the closer you get to the kingdom, how do you know? Like you, you begin to experience... Like, oh, it's not about our thing, about your thing, but it's about God and the thing that he wants to do. Some of you know you're getting closer to, like, grandma's house when you smell the bread, right? Like, how do we get closer to the kingdom? Not by focusing on our own thing. So, a 4.30 gathering, very similar to kind of what we've been doing. But then, instead of just having everybody leave to go do whatever it is you're going to go do, our posture would be to invite you to stick around. And we're going to 
have some appetizers together. So the way it'll it's gonna work is you can sign up with a couple other people in the community to say, hey, we're gonna these three families, these four families are gonna work together to do a appetizer for Sunday afternoon slash night. And so then we have the worship gathering and then we have church. Do you hear me? Instead of we're gonna have church and then we're gonna go home. Like, it's all one thing. We're not going to try to, like, separate them out. And I think that's a really beautiful thing. And is it going to be different? Yes. A lot of us, most of us, have grown up in an environment where churches do their thing on a Sunday morning. I grew up that way. I also grew up a Sunday night church. Two sermons because one wasn't enough. And so I think this is going to take a little bit like getting used to. There might be some of you who think like, I'm not going to like this. I don't, I kind of like the way that we do it now. And I totally hear that. I totally hear that. And what I would want to encourage you to do is to give it a try. Like if you would give us and the Lord a hundred days, like January 1st to Easter-ish, and just see what this feels like in your life. Like if it's more connecting or if it's less connecting, before we decide, this is not for me. Like let's consider it together because I believe that you'll find that you know people in this community in a different way, that you know more names than you know now, and that you have greater connection than you have now. And I think that makes the whole work of the kingdom sweeter and better and more meaningful. And so there's one more slide, I think. November 7th at 4.30, we're just going to have an open house. So here's what you can do. You can come and you can kind of see the space so right across the hall from where we're going to have our worship gathering, there's a sweet little nursery that's all set up. So you can walk through with your kiddos and just kind of check that all out. And then there's a kitchen that's connected to where we're going to gather. So you can walk through and kind of see that. And then you'll be able to walk downstairs where some of the classroom space is. And so for those who are connected to kids ministry and who are teaching kids ministry, you can check all of that out. Just an opportunity to kind of introduce you to the space. And then our final gathering in this room would be the 18th of December. And so we will not meet the Sunday of Christmas Day. Caleb and I are working on a little video for that. So you can open your presents and you can open a video. <laughs> You're welcome. And then January 1st, will begin in this, this, new, this new season. And so what we wanted to do today is just to provide an opportunity for you to kind of hear some of where we're going and some of why uh, we're going there. And, you know, as a church, whenever there's something to consider, some kind of moment like this, it brings up all different kinds of things. And so what's happening today is you're not being told... Like, hey, here's how everything is going to work out. 
Like what we're trying to do is we're, we're trying to set the direction of where this church is going to go and how we can more deeply connect to one another and not miss the stuff that God has for us. And there's been a lot of people who have been a big part of this process. And so the board at Invitation that we call the directional team has been a real gift in all of that, asking good questions, pushing back when they needed to, helping us kind of process what this would all look like. And so uh, Kendall Vandekamp, would you just stand, please, so people can kind of see who you are. This is Kendall. He serves on the team. Uh, and then Bruce Bloomer, would you, well, yeah, you were already up here, but yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then Bobby Frederick, uh, she is in Kansas City visiting, visiting family. Um, and then Emily Reed, would you stand? This Emily, awesome. And then Lindsay Wyatt uh, as well. Could we just say thank you to them? Yeah. They are a really amazing group of people who have really helped us um, along, along the way. Um, I'm going to invite the band up um, as, as we close uh, our time together today. Chad, will you throw that slide up that's at the end? I've been reading this guy, Robert Dunbar. Uh, he was born in 1947, and he's an anthropologist. And he did a lot of his work in the 70s. And he does a lot of talking about belonging and how to experience deeper, more meaningful belonging. And he kind of talks about four spaces of belonging. So he talks about public space. And that's like when you're in a group of like 70 or more people and you get to be noticed, like there's visibility. It's like, oh, hey, this person's here. Oh, hey, this person's here. I think I know them from somewhere. This is the moment at the wedding you're at a wedding and you're like, oh man, it's been a long time since I've seen you. Like that's public space. But then he also talks about social space. Like that's a group of like 20 to 50. Think of like you're gonna have a birthday party. Like who are gonna be the people that you're gonna invite to celebrate you? Or your family's gonna have some kind of gathering. You're probably not gonna be able to invite everybody in the public space. But then there's personal space and that's like a group of five to twelve you know these are these are the people that know more than other people know about what's going on in your life and world and then he talks about intimate space like two to four people who know the doubts who know the pain who know the struggle who know the hardship and and i don't know what you're wanting when it comes to church i have the microphone today you don't but I will tell you what I desire for this place. Like what I want to experience in and around church is these four spheres of belonging. Like I want to be able to, to notice people, to share public space with people, but then I want to have some social space and personal space and intimate space. So it's not just like, oh yeah, we go to church together, but we have relationships. And so we're making a big shift from when we have a worship gathering, but we're not shifting away from who we are. I would tell you we're actually shifting into who we are more than we have been to this point. 
And to kind of begin the week, one of the things I'm excited about, want to kind of begin the week in the posture of connection. Because for some of us in the room, like Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening, like you're gearing up for the week. Some of our teachers, it's like, whew, okay, deep breaths, deep breaths, nervous system, like all of that. And I think what a beautiful picture to begin the week in a posture of connection. And so I can't promise you what the future is going to look like, but I believe that God has a lot of really good stuff for us. I think he has connection for us, belonging for us, purpose for us. And so I'm really grateful to have a church, to be involved with the church, Um, that is more curious than they are critical. And that's just been my experience with you. And I hold a lot of gratitude in my heart for that, that you're willing to do something that's a little bit different. And yeah, if you're talking to somebody who goes somewhere else, a friend, and you're talking about going to church at 4.30, it's probably gonna be like, what? Does your church know that Jesus said it's at 10? You should probably tell them. And I think even in that, like maybe there's some opportunity in that to talk about what we've actually been called to. And so I love the gathering, truly. But I don't want the gathering to cause us to miss the other stuff on the chessboard. And so in 2023, I have great hope to experience the whole chessboard with you as we continue to pursue the way of Jesus and all things. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you today for your faithfulness and for the way that you lead and you guide and you direct and for the new opportunities that you give us and the new spaces you call us into. God, I pray for unity for our church. I pray for understanding for our church. I pray for preparation for our church. God, as we think about the last couple years, there's just been so much that has been so angry. So much has been so divisive in our world. So much that has been so hateful in our world. We've lived in a world that's so contrary to your kingdom. And so, God, I pray for the courage to do something different. I pray for the courage for a new thing. And, God, we ask that you would extend your strength, extend your wisdom, extend your blessing as we take up the question of what it means to follow you. over above attending church would you help us to know what it means to follow you in spirit and in truth and of course it's not something that we can do alone so God thank you that you have called this group of people together I love them and I'm thankful to be a part of this community I'm thankful to know them I'm thankful to see the evidence of the Spirit in their lives. 
we pray that you would equip us for this next season as a church. In Jesus' name and for Jesus' name, we pray. Would you stand? We're going to sing one song together. Thank you so much for joining us on the Invitation Church podcast. I want to encourage you to take the message that you just heard and receive every part of it. Every promise from God, every declaration of his great love for you, every word of hope, every reminder that you have been made for more. Allow what you've heard to take root in your soul to allow Jesus to do the deep work that only he can do. I also want to encourage you to be part of what we are doing here at Invitation as we invite people to live the way of Jesus. Go to the app and become a regular giver, an investor in the story that God is writing in this place. Also, if you found the message meaningful, we'd love to have you share it with someone else as you partner with us in carrying the message beyond the walls of the church. I want to thank you for being here with us. Grace and peace.